This piece is $100 now. This one's 50. These men are mining for this, amber, deep in the forests of Ukraine. They're wearing masks because it's illegal. It's part of a multi-million dollar business that has brought a new lawlessness to the region. With the government battling pro-Russian forces in the east, the west has become wild. Our observers say it's taking a toll on the forest and the people. The forests of northwestern Ukraine, home to pines and birches, delicate peaty soil and amber. Fossilized 40 million years ago, it's now become a $500 million illegal business that is tearing the forest and the region apart. Hi, Ina. Thank you for coming. Hi, Derek. You're our observer here in Rivni region. And this is what amber does. It is horrible. But can you tell me, is it as devastating as it seems? The ecosystem of this natural place is very fragile. And any human intervention can be disastrous. How about the effect on the people? Well, that part might not be visible, but they've been affected just as much as this clearing. Ina takes us to meet scientists from the Rivni Nature Reserve. The pine forest rests on a delicate base of sand and peat. Rostislav, what effect does the mining all the way over there have on the environment right where we are now? The forest in this part of the country is on wetlands. There's a lot of water here which is concentrated in open marshes. And the water table is affected by the amber mining. The marsh is a fragile ecosystem. It's very easy to damage it and hard to restore it once it's been disrupted. Do the local people know how fragile the ecosystem is and what the effects can be? A lot of the local people aren't aware and don't want to be made aware because all they care about is getting material things. Today, right away. And amber mining is one way to get things. Things like a house or a car. It's hard to teach those people about the value of the marshes. As we drive back, we see a blockade. It's a standoff between locals and heavily armed police. Who do you think these people are? Do you think it's miners? Klesif is one of three towns that make up the so-called Amber Triangle. Outsiders aren't welcome. They haven't got enough people for the war, but they send cops to take our money. Why are you filming? Get out of here! Are local people suspicious of activists like you? They don't like what we say because they think Amber is the only way they can make a living. Ina manages to find out what started it all. The police confiscated a pump that was working illegally and tried to take it away. The locals didn't like it, and they blocked a car and demanded the police give the pump back. When they didn't, they slashed the tires of the police car. This is what's fueling the amber boom. Amber from Ukraine fetches top prices on the jewelry market. Ukrainian amber comes from the ground, far from the sea. It's great quality and has a unique range of colors. That's how we can make these pictures from amber dust. There are 80 different colors. Top quality amber can be worth as much as 5,000 US dollars a kilo. That's two years wages for the average Ukrainian and a fortune in a region where the soil is poor and what little industry there is has been suffering along with the rest of the economy. The country's three-year-old war with pro-Russian separatists in the east means lucrative construction jobs in Russia have dried up too. 
but in the amber triangle, there are houses going up everywhere. Our observers Ina and Dimitro tell us why. Hi, Ina. Hello. Um, tell us what's going on. Why are all these houses being built? Where is all this money coming from? Amber. Amber. And why amber? I can't see any logical explanation as to why so many houses are being built. And they're not cheap ones. There are no new factories in the area. And I don't know where else they could be earning money. Of houses being built here, is that happening in other towns in the region, do you think? Um, yes, it's everywhere, in the towns and in the villages. We see someone working on a house. Who's building houses here? CEOs? Politicians? No. Ordinary people? Yes. How did they make their money? Amber. All of them? 70%. Do you mine Amber too? No, I travel to work, to Kiev and Moscow. Yeah, I can tell. That's why your house is smaller. A few kilometers outside town, we see some old mines. There used to be mines all around here. On this side, on that side. And what's that? That's a pump. That's a pump? Yeah, a pump. Not far. Let's go. The miners first tell us to go away, but eventually agree to let us film if we don't say where they're working. We want to have a normal life. We want to eat decent food, raise our kids, have cars. That's what we want. Everyone wants that. Is there no other work? What other work? There's no work in this country. Sasha is 24, married with a one-year-old daughter. His wife is a teacher. She earns $100 a month. In a good month, he earns 20 times that. Do you have to pay someone to work here? We used to pay. We used to pay $900 a day, sometimes $1,200, $200 each. We paid a flat rate to a local boss. Now we're not paying, and if the police come, they'll take everything away. Dimitro is taking pictures because it's rare for miners to be this open about their work. How does the pump work? The pump's over there. It's an old Mercedes engine. Here's the nozzle. We put it 10 to 15 meters in the earth. The pressure from the water dislodges the amber and it floats to the surface. A few minutes later... How much is that worth? That piece is 20 grams. That one's 10. That means $100. And 50. The miners say they share the wealth with the community. Sometimes we help fix the roads, the bus stops. They say they use their own money, not the states, to fix roads and bus stops. As we leave the forest, Ina asks whether there's another way. A lot of people talk about the idea of legalizing what you're doing. That will be good. How much tax would you be willing to pay? I'd be willing to pay $20 for every hundred I find in amber. And nothing if I find nothing. It'd be better than paying protection money. You have to pay the mafia even if you have a bad week.
The next day, Dimitro meets us at a local restaurant. He works for a non-profit that focuses on corruption in the Rivni region. He's been following the amber mining closely, including standoffs with the police. After a few confrontations like this one, the government created a task force against illegal amber mining. There were more than a hundred special agents in it last year. The task force clamped down hard, all but cutting off the mining for six months. But then it left and work started again within a week. Dimitro was there to film it. There were probably 400 or 500 miners. And how many pumps? About 50. And were the police doing anything to stop this? After we filmed this video, we called the police. Maybe they didn't have enough manpower to stop an operation on such a scale, but they made no effort to stop it. The miners told us they were paying 400 to 500 dollars a day in protection money. And who were they paying that to? To the mafia? It's not clear who they pay. Maybe the money goes to representatives of organized crime. Or to people who are linked to the police, the local police. It's hard to say. The task force is back in operation now. With the maximum fine for illegal mining less than $500, their main weapon against the miners is confiscating their pumps, which can cost 5000 Their commander tells us they've confiscated 73 pumps in two months. What happened to the miners who were using this pump? I don't know about this one in particular, but usually they just run away. Miners have told us they pay bribes to the police. Is that true? It's possible that it happens in isolated cases. What's the Mafia's role? They organize the mining in a way to uh, keep it hidden from us. Promises are made to the local population that the police won't interfere, so-called protection money. Then that money goes, for example, to local criminal gangs. So he seemed to be playing down the impact of the mining. Yeah, he's playing it down. Amber mining creates other crimes. Amber is like narcotics. It's an illegal substance. When someone steals amber, no one tells the police. Many crimes are just under the radar. Back in Klesiv, things have quietened down after the standoff. Life is back to normal. Miners going to the supermarket in camouflage and masks. A woman approaches us and insists on taking us to the local dump. This town is a mess because the government hasn't been doing its job. We pass the junction where the standoff happened. I was there. I went to ask the police not to use weapons so there wouldn't be an armed confrontation. People are angry. Everyone has to survive. No one can live on a pension of 1,200 grivnia. The amber miners, they help people. They help everyone. Larissa says the government does nothing to help the village with its trash or other needs. One of the miners shows up. 
We do what we can to get by. We do it all with our own hands. We help in the war effort. We help children. Everyone who's in need. We get them what they need. They give money to hospitals and schools. They do repairs and they support kindergartens. It's all thanks to these guys. A member of the village council, Larissa doesn't question the rewards amber mining has brought. This playground was built by the amber miners at their own cost. There were just trees here. They cleaned it up. So are the miners bandits or heroes? They're heroes. They're heroes. But what they're doing is illegal. Until the parliament legalizes amber mining, the guys have to hide their faces. They have no choice. When they pay for playgrounds and chip in for improvements to the village, you can't call that a crime. It's for the good of the community. For me, they're heroes. Heroes to some, lawless thugs for others. The amber miners of Klesif aren't going anywhere for now. And as long as they stay in business, it's the forest that suffers. That's it for this week. Remember, it's you who help us make this program, so get in touch. Maybe we'll come see you for the next Observer's Direct.